Good evening everyone. I would like to welcome you to Sunday Night Local. Um, I hope you've had a lovely Sunday. Um, happy Easter. <laughs> and today we're just going to continue um, exploring the Believer's Toolbox. And today I'll be talking about the power gifts, which are the gifts of faith, the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. And so I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to grab yourselves a drink a book um, and a pen there's going to be a lot of scriptures so i would really really um, recommend that you have your pen and paper ready and yeah i'm just also going to wait so that a few people can join us and yeah i hope you're all doing really well <laughs> and um if you see me looking down it's because i'm looking at my notes um yeah because i just have them on my laptop so we're going to start and I'm just going to start with a prayer and then we're going to crack on. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Father God, for all that you are doing and that you have done in our lives. We thank you for this moment that we get to share with one another, to sit around your word and learn from you. We pray that our hearts will be ready, our minds will have understanding. We pray, mighty Lord, that you will speak through me and speak to each individual that is listening in at the moment and who also listen in um, at the, during the week. And I pray that, Lord, as they hear your word, may they be blessed, may they be inspired, may faith rise in them, and, Lord, may you do um, exceedingly and abundantly in and through their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, as I say, today we're going to continue exploring the Believer's Toolbox, and in particular, we're going to be looking at um, the power tools, which, are, as I said earlier, are the gifts of faith, the gifts of healing, and working of miracles. And just before we start, I would like us to read 1 Corinthians 12, um, 1 to 11. And that's the scripture that we are like anchoring on or basing the whole um, theme on. So I'm going to read it. Um, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is a cast. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of, of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who are portions to um, to each one individually as he wills. So just reading from that portion of scripture, we really see that these are gifts. So they're not by works. God gives them to us through the Holy Spirit as he wills. We see that they are for the common good. They are for the edification of the body of Christ, the edification of your neighbor, and not necessarily to elevate you, the person that you know has the gift. And we also see that to each person is given a gift. So I hope that as we've been um, really exploring and um, defining the different um, gifts that are highlighted in the scripture, that you've resonated with some of them. And I pray that you would really go 
and seek the Lord concerning them and ask him to really show you how to walk in them because we do need um, each and every one of us walking in our gifts so that we can edify one another so that we can be a powerful, you know, body and really take on the kingdom of God. And so what are power gifts? Um, these are events, um, abilities or ways in which the power of God um, is made apparent. So power is simply defined as the ability to do something. Hence, power gifts are used by Christians to do God's will. Um, it's important to highlight that the presence of these gifts in a particular environment does not necessarily uh, mean that God is more present in that place than he is in an environment where these gifts are not manifested. It just means that God has chosen to show himself apparent. He has chosen to um, demonstrate his power. He has chosen to meet someone's need in a miraculous way or heal someone or, you know, do something supernatural. But it doesn't mean that when he doesn't do this, that he's not present or he's not there. So also, as mentioned earlier, the purpose of the gifts is for the edification of all and not for the particular individual. So I'm going to start with the gift of faith. And I would define faith as to be fully persuaded about the nature, character and works of God towards us. You know, it's the full assurance, as Hebrews 11 one says, and your assurance, really, your hope is really rooted in the character and the nature of God. You know, the Bible really tells us to have faith in God. God is the one that is able to move the mountains. He's the one that is able to heal. He's the one that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond what we ever think or imagine. So um, it's really... Faith is to be fully persuaded about the nature of God, his character and his works. And I just want to say um, the gift of faith is not the same as saving faith. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. This, the saving faith leads to salvation, and it's also a gift from God, as the scripture says. But it's not the same as the gift the gift of faith that is being uh, spoken about in this um, particular scripture in 1 Corinthians. So the, what is the gift of faith? The gift of faith brings forth um, a supernatural manifestation as a result of a believer's proclamation or conviction of the word of God. When the gift of faith is being exercised or one is walking in the gift of faith, there is um, a demonstration of power. There is a there is something that you see that happens, if that makes sense. So it, it enables you to gain in, insight into what God wants to accomplish and it equips you with the necessary power to bring it forth. So we're going to look at two examples where um, there was a proclamation or or a declaration where someone spoke something. And we're also going to look at another example where someone was convicted in their hearts to move in a particular way. So Matthew 21, 18 to 22, it says, in the morning as he was returning to the city, he became hungry, he is Jesus. <laughs> and seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it, but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once when the disciples saw it they marveled saying how did the fig tree wither at once 
And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. So we see here that Jesus walked by faith. And when he spoke to this fig tree, it literally withered, like literally. Matthew 14, 22 to 31 says, um, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. This is the, he is Jesus. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So for me in this scripture, I really see that Peter had to be fully persuaded that Jesus had called him, had said, come, come and walk. And because he had him and he was fully persuaded in the uh, instruction of Christ, um, he walked on water. And for me, this is, uh, these are just two examples that I could, I, I got <laughs> to really show that, you know, the gift of faith, faith can be exercised by, you know, you have this word from God and God is um, literally instructing you to speak to something so that there can be a change. Or you have this conviction in your heart about the nature or, or character of God or about um, an instruction from the Lord that you move in that particular um, direction or as the Lord is leading you. So the gift of faith really causes you to move or it causes a shift or a change in what you're seeing or um, in something that um, if that wasn't available, would not have happened. I don't know if I'm explaining myself right, but I hope it makes sense. <laughs> so the gift of faith is not positive confessions. It's not forceful speaking. It's not name it and claim it. Um, or it's not wishful thinking. It's the outward manifestation of the power of God in response to the inward guidance of the Holy Spirit. When you look at Hebrews 11, it has the, the whole... Um, chapter not chapter like a couple of verses really speaking about uh the the people in the old testament that walked by faith and you can see that their faith really led to the manifestation of god's power you know noah he built the ark because of faith um we know that even um no let me not say that <laughs> but yeah we see that noah you know he built the ark uh by faith and i believe that when God gives um, us the gift of faith, it's for a particular situation. It's like when you're fully convinced about something, like something is going to happen. 
How can we walk in this today? By meditating on the word of God, the Bible says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. For us to be fully persuaded about the nature of God, his character, his works, his will, we really need to know what the Bible says about him. We really need to know how he has chosen to reveal himself. And so as we daily meditate on his word, we get to know what he is saying about different situations in our lives so that when he speaks to us, we believe because we know that this is God speaking. Acknowledging God in all your ways as well as another way, you know, asking God, what would you want to do in this particular situation? What's your will? What's your heart behind this? You know, what's your what's your heart behind this person? How would you like me to speak life into them? And as the Lord guides you, as he reveals his heart to you concerning a situation or concerning a person, you're able to literally speak life into a situation or speak life into a person and lastly obedience so as we're praying as we're acknowledging the lord as we're meditating on the word i truly believe god speaks to us and he instructs us and he leads us and so we need to be obedient because he gives us the grace to walk in his instructions so for us to really exercise the gift of faith we really need to be obedient because as the lord instructs we walk and therefore we see the manifestation. The other second gift is um, working of miracles. So what is a miracle? It is a supernatural event that surpasses all known laws of nature or human beings. Um, Acts 19, 11 to 12 says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. So really, a handkerchief or an apron does not have the ability to heal anybody. You can put your apron on yourself and it will not be able to heal you. Uh, but because Paul was being used by the Holy Spirit to perform miracles, you know, healing and demons left those that touched um those that were touched with the handkerchiefs so it's the working of the holy spirit that enabled um healing and casting out of demons to come forth um or to come through or to manifest in those people's lives despite what they were using so it wasn't the handkerchiefs it was the holy spirit Working of miracles can be um, manifested in this in in different ways, and I just have four ways here. Um, so altering of the laws of nature, we see that when um, Moses parted the Red Sea in Exodus forty twenty one to twenty two. Like, I don't know if any of you has seen any sea parting, but I haven't. But Moses did, <laughs> and. Um, this was a miracle because God was literally altering the laws of nature. Water does not part. It does not divide. But because God was working in that place, there was a demonstration of, of power. And also we see when Jesus turned water into wine. That's a miracle, a very big miracle. <laughs> um, and you can see that in John uh, 2, 7 to 10. 
We can also see working of miracles in reversing or restoring of a human condition. Uh, for example, blindness, paralysis, and you can see that in Acts 8, 4 to 8. You can also see working of miracles um, in deliverance from demons. Um, Jesus says in Luke eleven twenty, but if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has um, has arrived among you. So we see casting out of demons is a demonstration of the power of God. Lastly, raising the dead. Uh, we see Peter raising Tabitha from the dead in Acts 9, 40 to 43, which I'm going to read. And it says, but Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon Atana. So these are just different ways um, that miracles are expressed or demonstrated. And so um, as we pray and hear the Lord directing us, let us believe he is able to use us to bring forth miracles in the lives of those around us. I think sometimes when we think of working of miracles, you can think like, oh, how, where, you know, what is a miracle? How can God use me to um, do miracles? But God wants to use you to do miracles. And I think we can walk in them the more we are expectant the more we position ourselves in a place of prayer um for god to use us when we see situations that require a miracle we pray for it and we expect god to use us to bring forth um, a change and our god is not limited to science he's not limited to the laws of nature because as we see in scripture, he's able to surpass, you know, the laws of physics. He's able to surpass the laws that are known to us, the laws of gravity and bring about um, um, change or bring about a, a miracle in someone's life. That is the God we serve. And so we should expect and pray. We also see in the book of Acts four twenty nine to 31, when the believers were being threatened by the um by the pharisees and all of those people that were just against people preaching the gospel and they prayed and now lord look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out while while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus and when they had prayed the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and continued to speak the word of god with boldness i think when we go out to to share the gospel with our loved ones to share the gospel with our friends to share the gospel with our colleagues they ask pray that lord the lord will literally stretch out his hand and use us to perform signs miracles and wonders he can use us to heal people you know as we preach the gospel as we declare the name of jesus may there be um demonstrations of his powers and i think that could be really something that we pray about continuously because as we pray as we expect the lord would do it 
Remember, this, these are gifts from God and they're there to edify one another and each of us can walk in them depending on um, a situation. Though for some people, um, they may see more of these manifestations in their life on a, on a like an increased pace on a more daily basis or something. But that doesn't mean that um, just because I haven't walked in gifts of healing or I haven't you know spoken in tongues that I can't do that you can't do that and you desire that gift because as you desire it you're creating an expectation and the Lord will fill it and so lastly the gifts of healing what is healing my definition is to make whole or to restore to health and um, there are many different means to healing and God is still credited with the glory in all of this. So whether you were healed instantly, whether it was through medical intervention, whether it was through prayer, God is the one that heals, not man. So it doesn't matter how you are healed. All of this healing is for the glory of God. Um, the gifts of healing engage um, engages faith. Um, we really see in the Bible that either the person that was praying for the person to be healed or the person that was receiving the healing or both, one of them had to have faith because faith provides that atmosphere through which the gift of healing can take place. And so we see that in Acts 14, 9 to 10. Um, he listened to Paul speaking and Paul looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, stand up, stand upright on your feet. And he sprung up and began walking. So here we see that there was a gentleman who was lame and he was listening to Paul while Paul was preaching. And Paul realized or discerned that this person has faith to be healed and the person was healed. In John 5, 2 to 9, I'll read it. And it says, Now there, there is in Jerusalem by the ship gate a pool in Aramic, I don't know how to say that word, called Batseda, which has five roofed colonnades. In this lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, um, while I'm going another steps down before me, Jesus said to him, get up, take, um, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Here we see that Jesus was asking this man, do you want to be healed? And he was giving all these excuses. And Jesus was like, just get up and walk. And so for me in this scripture, it doesn't really show if the man, the invalid, want, had faith to be healed. But we see that Jesus believed that, you know, God wanted to heal this person. And so he healed him. And so I'm not saying that. If you're not healed, you don't have faith or you need more faith to get healed. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the gifts of healing does engage faith. And the faith could be for um, the person that is praying for the healing or you who is receiving the healing. Um, I think we also see that in the, the four friends that carried um, their friend on a mat to Jesus. The scripture doesn't really show or say that that man on the mat 
who was lame had faith, but Jesus looked at the faith of his friends who carried him to that place. And because of the faith of his friends, he was healed. The responsibility to heal is not yours, but it's it's for God. I think sometimes while we fear to even pray for other people to be healed, it's like, well, oh, what if they don't get healed? Well, I, you know, I've never prayed for anyone and I've gotten healed. But I think it's very important to remember that you are not the one doing the healing. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's God healing. And so you are just a vessel. Literally, God fills you up and uses you and all you have to do is be obedient. David says in Psalms 32, 30 verse 2, sorry. Oh Lord my God, I cry to you for help and you have healed me. So it's very important that as we pray for people to be healed, you know sometimes you can see someone um who is limping and you feel in your heart that oh I should pray for this person but because of fear because of any other thing you're like no they, they may not get healed no God would never use me and I think it's very important that in those moments you really check yourself and you're like actually it's not me doing the healing it's God and if the Holy Spirit has led me to to pray for this person to be healed or to speak a word um you know concerning the the, the sickness I should do it because I'm walking by faith and I'm walking in obedience and it's on God to literally bring the change or bring the healing. And I think that will really lift off unnecessary burdens and enable us to just walk as we're being led by God. Also, I just wanted to say the Holy Spirit may give someone the ability to heal in one situation, but that doesn't mean that that that, that doesn't mean that that person can heal at will or that everyone he or she prays for will be healed. We see that Paul healed so many people, but when it came to himself, um, we see that in, in, in Galatia, um, Galatians 4, 13 to 14, he literally could not heal himself. And we see that the reason actually as to why he healed, uh, he preached in Galatia is because he was sick and maybe on his journey, he got sick and he ended up in Galatia and then he stayed there to um, recover. And then he ended up preaching to them. I'm speculating. I'm just saying, I don't know, but I'm thinking, but we see that, you know, he was able to literally heal people, you know, speak to people's sicknesses and they were gone. But when he came to himself, in that particular situation, it didn't happen. We also see that his spiritual son, Timothy, had a stomach issue. And we can read about that in 1 Timothy 5.23. And we see that Paul wasn't able to heal Timothy. And so it's very important to remember that, you know, God may be using you to, to heal countless people, you know, but to certain, to particular people in particular situations, he may not. And that's okay because the Lord heals as he wills. It's not at our will. It's not at what we like, what we desire. It's the Lord that heals. And it's the Lord that instructs us to walk um, in, in these healings or to pray for people in this particular way. But I also want to emphasize that just because God doesn't heal everybody doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray for healing. So I believe that we should continue to pray for healing regardless of whether there is a, a healing or not, unless the Lord instructs you otherwise. That's my opinion. <laughs> 
So um, how can you work in the gifts of healing? Uh, we have to believe that it is the will of God to heal. And because we believe it's his will to heal, we will pray for healing. Um, also have the expectation for God to heal. Um, Acts 5, 12 to 16 says, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow made fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the, from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. We see that, you know, as Peter was preaching, as Paul was preaching, they always created this expectation for God to do miraculous signs and wonders. They created this expectation for God to heal. And because they created this expectation, people literally went out and looked for the sick and looked for the lame and looked for the paralyzed and brought them before Peter and Paul and all the other apostles so that they could be healed. And so, yeah, I hope that you have at least gained um, a more understanding of the power gifts, which is the gift of faith, the gift of healing and the working of miracles. And just to conclude, I want to end with this scripture, which I think really highlights the fact that God wants us to continually walk in these gifts up to today. There may be people out there that say those gifts um, ceased, but for us, we do believe that, you know, we can't walk in miracles right now. We can't um, walk in the gifts of healing and we can't walk in the gifts of faith. And so I'm going to read Mark 16, 15 to 18. And it says, and he said to them, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Um, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So we see that actually God, Jesus, has sent us out to preach, to proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And he says that whoever believes, they will have signs accompanying them. And some of these signs are literally working miracles, casting out demons, speaking in tongues, um and laying of hands and healing people and so i want to encourage you to walk in these gifts to pray for these gifts to desire these gifts um and i pray that you know the next time you see someone that is in pain someone that needs healing or the next time you're in a situation and you don't know how to pray for that situation you need a word from god that you will go to God and pray and and ask him to give you the gift of faith to believe and be fully persuaded about his nature about his um character about his works in that 
particular situation, about his word in that particular situation, or when you uh, meet someone that needs healing, that you'll pray for the gifts of healing so that God would use you to, you know, lay your hands on that person, pray for them, and they be healed. Or working of miracles, you meet an impossible situation. May you be fully persuaded that God is the God of the impossible. Literally, there's nothing impossible with him. And so I hope that you are encouraged today and that you learned something. I pray that you have a blessed week and that God keeps you.